You're listening to Matter of Pride, the comedy education for queers and allies with me, comedian Erin Twitchin. Each week, I take a different area of gay history and break down the basics. I do the Google so you don't have to. This week, we're discussing body image via a quick tour of Pizza Hut. As ever, the best way to support the show is by sharing on social media or leaving a review on iTunes. Now, I've not mentioned it before, but if you're an Android user, hello, welcome to the family. Apparently, you can review on Podcast Addict, but only if you have nice things to say. For more information on the issues covered in this show, there are links to resources in the show notes. Let's get into it. I recently posted a photo of myself gardening. It was a hot day, I was topless, flexing as I pushed a lawnmower. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a total thirst trap. I posted it with a photo side by side of myself doing the exact same thing five years ago. I'm nothing if not predictable. I genuinely thought I looked good. This'll get the likes, I muttered to myself, adding a filter. 16 comments later, someone had posted, are you wearing a fat suit? I was crushed. Admittedly, this was during the third UK lockdown. Gyms were shut. We were all sick of the park. You can't order motivation from Amazon. But I had been grafting, training twice a day. Yeah, I'd eaten potatoes and grown addicted to Aldi caramel buttons. They don't even taste like chocolate, but I love them. Was I really fat suit looking material? It used to be that body image issues were specifically thought of as a female area of issue. But in the last couple of decades, the expectation of male bodies has been increasing with explosions in gym take-up, supplement sales and mental health issues. Instead of sending me spiralling, this fat suit comment sent me straight into motivation mode. It's the same as at every breakup. I skip past the sad phase and go straight into revenge body. I go past sofa devastation to body transformation in a beat. Not healthily, I might add. Still pouring vodka into my juicer, but if I'm going to sing cry to a Taylor Swift record, I might as well be doing it on the treadmill. It becomes the thing I focus on the most. If I'm starting a new job or seeing a friend after a long time or even attending a funeral, my first worry is if my body is right. More specifically, how my muscles look. Like, my physical attributes are the biggest indicator of my success and how well I'm coping. It's crazy, really. I'm not someone overly invested in looks, although my family would disagree. I'm especially not overly worried about looks in others. Just look at my exes. I'm not even an active Instagrammer or aware how to pose, but I seem to genuinely believe other people's markers for my success are the size of my quadriceps. But where does this come from? Manchester-based charity, the LGBT Foundation, has warned that body image issues are becoming more widespread in gay communities. It says gay and bisexual men are much more likely than heterosexual men to struggle with them. I mean, it's not hard to believe with the images we surround ourselves with. Instagram is probably the worst. Laser-type bodies, photoshopped to perfection, captioned by benign fridge magnet quotes. Find someone who looks at you the way a dog looks at a biscuit. Rich coming from someone more likely to eat a dog than a biscuit. 
TikTok is strictly keto. We used to get our Monday morning motivation from the Dalai Lama. Now we get it from Dean at Cycle Revolution. Stop taking life advice from these people. Go to them for quinoa recipes, sure. Go to them if you're struggling to open a jar, probably. Go to them for a sexy after-work affair, definitely. But not life advice. Where ignorance is our master, there is no possibility of real peace, he says while straddling a peloton wearing nothing but a handlebar moustache and a handlebar to cover his moist arse. I just wish there was more honesty in it all. Like, when will someone post... Hi guys, this is a snap I took 25 versions of and then edited one. The reason my eyes are so glassy is because I was crying for an hour because, you know, I'm lonely and biceps aren't really company. I follow one guy. His body looks impossibly carved from stone and he is constantly, and I mean constantly, talking about pizza. Posting pictures about pizza, posting pictures eating pizza, posting pictures with leftover boxes. Like, Clearly, this guy does not eat pizza. There are more abs on his body than slices in the box. I don't know where he gets the boxes from. He must drag them out of other people's bins when they're not looking. I don't eat pizza and I look like a hot bag of crap compared to him. Just, I don't care what you do, just don't fool us with it so I feel bad. But in truth, we're all guilty of this social media gloss over our lives. I frequently call myself fat. After the fat suit comment, I told everyone I was two stone overweight. Like, and weighed myself, but that was the figure I'd chosen. Two stone. I'm not fat. I've probably never been fat. Yeah, I once ate a burrito and my face bloated, but I'm not fat. The trouble is, if I say that, then someone else gets that sense of rejection about their body and how they're feeling. Because... In this world, you can be straight thin and gay fat at the same time. In a 2018 survey by Attitude magazine, 84% of respondents said they felt under intense pressure to have a good body. Only 1% considered themselves very happy with their appearance. Incidentally, that issue had Tom Daly on the cover and a speedo as slim as a Kardashian self-awareness, so that'll be really helping with the body issues. I'm guessing he is the 1% who considers himself very happy with their appearance. Talking to the BBC, the editor at the time, Matthew Todd, explained photos of sexy bodies drive sales of that magazine. It was a tension the whole time, and I continually tried to put people on the cover that weren't like that. The first trans man, the first trans woman, the first lesbian, says Matthew. I kept doing these kinds of things, but they didn't sell well. In 2010, when Stephen Fry graced the cover, it was one of the worst-selling editions ever. That's not a reflection on Stephen Fry, he says, because he's incredibly popular. I think it says more about what readers are coming to publications like this for. So, we kind of have ourselves to blame. Feeding the obsession. It's the same online. We bemoan these instigates with their rippling muscles and het-passing looks, but bestow them with glory. We idolise the Jim Bododonis and perpetuate it further. It's not always been like this. In history, a variety of bodies have been found desirable. Our ancestors, when switching from hunter-gatherer to farmer, desired a far heavier set body. They loved that former footballer who's had an ankle injury and rediscovered cheese vibe. 
a large man showed a successful farmer who could afford to get himself round and fat. It's like seeing someone now driving a Tesla or living in a big house. You know they're successful at business or good at scrounging off their parents. Ancient Greece is probably most like the bodies we see today. They like strong and lean Herculean men. It makes me wonder, how did the ancient Greeks get so henchan? They didn't have a Barry's boot camp or a lame mills package. 12 months of on-off lockdown really makes you appreciate how hard they must have worked to look like gladiators. And in that Athens heat! I puked up at hot yoga once, and that was just trying to squeeze into my tights. In our effort to achieve this henchun look, the sports industry is booming. Well, you know, until the COVID pandemic closed it down for the best part of 12 months. There are roughly 6.7 thousand health and fitness clubs in the United Kingdom, with approximately 9.7 million members. We are one of the most gym-obsessed countries in Europe. Only Germany has more health and fitness club members. But, you know, they'd need to be buff. What, with carrying the whole of the EU on their shoulders? One in every seven UK people are now a gym member, passing the 15% population mark for the first time in 2019. With the UK being the sixth most obese country on the globe, a complete contradiction, maybe this is a good thing. Although 15% isn't really a lot, and the gym isn't necessarily the healthiest place to be. I'm convinced I've developed something called gym distortion. As a frequent gym user, I train every day and have for the past, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. That's a lot of air-conditioned hours surrounded by pure gene green, but I'm happy to plug in a Holly Valance album and get on with it. Now, gyms are used by a lot of different people, but the general body shape is this perceived Western standard of beauty. Muscled men and slim-toned women. That's where the gym distortion comes in. The best bodies in your city are going to be at your gym. Great, if you're a single person on the perf. You see these chiseled bodies every day for free, especially if you time your showers right. But you're also then placing yourself in a position to permanently compare yourself to the top 15%. This constant presence of the best bodies distorts your view of what bodies look like. That in turn distorts your perception of your own body. Then everything you're doing to improve your body puts you in that gym in a position that distorts your view further. It's a real-life version of social media, where we've tailored our view of reality to show only the most filtered, photoshopped, edited versions of what a human body could be. Doesn't help that the lighting is bomb. It's like, if you spent your whole life in the deserts of Egypt, you'd come to England and it'd be freezing. But if you'd lived forever in Antarctica, you'd find England a tropical hotspot. It's all about the worldview you build around you. Which is why I only date guys whose mothers didn't love them. It makes me seem like a warm and caring person. Alongside investing in our bodies, we're increasingly investing in the supplements that go with it. Stats from a 2019 article in Business Matters, a very professional publication. It's the UK's leading business magazine, don't you know? I put on a shirt and tie just to skim through the pages. Business Matters says the US sports nutrition market is expected to grow at a rate of 8.9% up 27% from the two years previous. Now, I am definitely a huge spender in this gym supplement market. I was conned into 20 quid on a small blue chew ball I saw on TikTok that was supposed to give me a chiseled jaw, but 
actually just bucked my front teeth and chipped a filling. UK consumers alone spent £66 million on sports, nutrition, food and drink products back in 2015. Which, why hasn't anyone invented slimming protein alcohol yet? I'm tired of manually pouring Baileys into my protein shakes instead of milk. Give me an espresso proteiny. High caffeine, high protein, high vodka. And watch me high kick off the stage at the RVT. Where previously these products were solely used by bodybuilders and Olympic athletes, they're now an everyday part of UK gym goers routines. Jeez, I use them so much, that's what I think chocolate should taste like. I almost prefer it. Which is probably how I've eaten so many Aldi caramel buttons. For some, a couple of puffs of protein powder is not enough. An NHS survey conducted in 2017 estimated almost a million people in the UK, 94% of which were men, use steroids or performance-enhancing drugs. Reporting in GCN magazine, a guy ironically called Aram, but I'm pretty sure it's not me, was quoted as saying, My driving force? I want to have a better body because I want to have the sex that I like to have with the guys I like to do it with. Suddenly you have this huge value that you didn't have, purely because of how you look. It's kind of gratifying, but it's not validating. It's purely transactional. There's nothing about you that they find interesting in that moment. They just like how you look. It doesn't give you anything for your soul. In 2002, UK researchers surveyed gay men who attended London gyms, with one in seven admitting to using steroids in the previous 12 months. One in seven is a lot. That's a whole member of Big Brothers. That's half a booty love. I think the public perception of steroid users is of a meathead madman. The kind of guy who gets his news from Nut magazine and whose idea of a hug is a headlock. But a 2014 Huffington Post report noted that alleged steroid users are often educated men. Some of them healthcare workers, even prescribers. You'd think these individuals would be able to see past the high risks and side effects. The side effects differ for men and women, but they can include excessive hair growth, paranoia, acne, increased aggression and impotence. You basically become Piers Morgan. Steroids do not just enlarge skeletal muscle. Every major organ, including the heart, also grows, which can wreak havoc on organ function and increase the risk of disease and sudden death. The National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre, NDARC to its friends, reviewed the causes of premature death involving anabolic androgenic steroids in Australian men and found the average age of death to be just 32. 32? Jennifer Lopez didn't even release her second album until 32. Imagine what we are missing losing people this young. Bops like On the Floor play and a starring role in Hustlers could have been their potential. Steroids are increasingly easy to get hold of. Despite being a Class C controlled substance, it's not an offence to possess them, but it is to manufacture, supply or export. Alongside this, anabolics are used in a number of medical treatments, so can be easily missold. My mate Dave is diabetic, and his old PT was desperate to buy his insulin. I mean, that hundred quid is tempting until you're passed out on the floor in a sugarloaf trying to lick Lucozade from the floor. I always assumed steroids was a dark web issue. And the dark web always confused me. If I'm going to download the dark web, the only thing I'm looking for is that leaked Sugar Babes album or the original version of Britney's Make Me video. 
In the UK, steroids are available under the counter in a variety of gyms. Apparently, it's as simple as finding the biggest, angriest guy at the gym and just asking him. Just like if you want to find the Sugar Babes album, you have to find the campus most sparkly guy at the club and get a copy. Plot twist. I found him. DM me for details. Looking back at that lawnmower picture, I started to question whether there has ever been a time I was happy with my body. I don't remember if there was. And honestly, 2016 Aaron looked cracking. My body was taut, but my skin was healthy. My hair was highlighted blonde, but not damaged. I was even smiling. I stare at those pictures and think, man, I'd love to look like him again. But I don't remember at the time being impressed. In fact, I distinctly remember not feeling good enough. I remember crying at a circus show, getting my friends to alter a costume because I didn't feel confident in the unflattering outfit. I have a picture on my desk in me in that skin-tight leotard. I see that picture now and I look great. It was all in my head. I'm blessed that I've always been fit, athletically speaking. I'm not ragging on myself as a solid seven. As a teenager, I was a competitive runner. We had an eight-session-per-week training plan pinned to the fridge from the ages of 12 to 17. Now, as a circus artist, I keep up the rigour with the gym and performance. To many, I guess I have that desirable body, slim and muscly, but I can't remember a time I wasn't criticising it. Never not looked at my arms and thought they're too small, that my chin is not defined enough, that my legs could be thicker. Never not wondered how that guy on Instagram eats pizzas because I worry about my stomach with every bite. Research has shown that food-related mental health disorders are seemingly more prevalent among gay men. In 2014, the International Journal of Eating Disorders found that gay or bisexual men were three times more likely than their straight counterparts to have body image issues. I mean, I guess it makes sense. We're men, we fancy men, we sleep with men. It's a constant barrage of the ideal body to hold ourselves accountable to. Like gym distortion, we constantly see male bodies to compare our own to. It's dickstortion. An Australian study of gay men found increased pornography use was associated with body dissatisfaction. The more you're exposed to pornography, the more likely you are to have eating disorder symptoms, Dr Griffiths said. Whereas straight men watching porn rarely see a man or their own reflection back. It started me thinking if the same were true for lesbians. In general, studies have found less body image issues within the lesbian communities, with women tending to be more comfortable with their own bodies. Mind you, I doubt many of the lesbian videos on YouPorn have been created for the queer lady in your life. This constant and easy access to penal pictures appears to have had a negative impact on our relationship with our bodies. The Independent reported in 2008 that 22% of gay men had gone under the knife. Nearly a full quarter. Think of three men you've slept with. One of them used to have a lot more expression. One surgeon noted about a third of his clients were gay. Higher if the surgery was penis enlargement. A study by GMFA in 2017 found one in five men had rejected a guy because of his penis size. Not surprisingly, the GMFA survey also found 40% of guys had anxieties about their own size. Personally, I just don't understand it. 
the size of your member isn't something to be particularly proud of. You did nothing to achieve it. It's like height. People would boasting about their six foot three, but they did nothing to earn it. They didn't nail their feet to two planks of wood and attach them to a tractor. It doesn't work, kids. I grew up in the country. I know. You did nothing to achieve that height or that penis size, so why be so proud? Don't come to me with your basketball height and deep depth dong. Come to me with the length of your voluntary service, your creative girth, your liberalist libido. Things that show something of your character. That's what's important. Not to say men are ruining the world, but this is not a problem women are facing. A successful lesbian is looking at vagina all her life, but that doesn't lead her to try and squish hers smaller, trying to fold it back neater. In fact, if you search for lesbian plastic surgery online, a picture of Dolly Parton shows up. It's almost like basing your expectations on reality, not porn, is good for you or something. A study by Christine Beck in Tennessee went a little deeper and looked at the subset within the lesbian community. She found that those who identified with more feminine ideals reported more negative body appraisals, and those who were more masculine reported less negative appraisals. Basically, the only people being kind to anybody right now are butch lesbians. And there just aren't enough of those running our country right now. When I was growing up in Broughton, the largest village in the world, we didn't have a gym. The nearest one was seven miles away and sinking into the river tour at a rate of one centimetre a year. Every Saturday, I would jump on the bus, run for 20 minutes, do my one-hour wait session, swim for a half hour, sauna and steam for a further half hour, then spend 40 minutes staring at the calorie counts on M&S sandwiches. Which is odd, because the calories were the same every week. I came out when I was 16. Nowadays, that's practically ancient, but in 2002, it was pretty young. I grew up in Devon. The gayest thing we'd seen was Britney and Madonna's kiss at the VMAs. People weren't always welcoming. For me, managing food was about control. Every Monday afternoon, we had a double free period at college over lunch. A few of us worked at a nearby restaurant and got 50% off at Pizza Hut. 50% off can get you a lot of pepperoni. Eight of us would sit there and stuff our faces as much as the crust. Huge pizzas with sides and ice cream. We stayed in there so long they would play the same three songs on repeat to try and drive us out. We ate to the point of tiredness and that last half hour of lower lectures was completely wasted. Immediately after lunch, I would make myself sick. Sometimes before we left the restaurant. Every week. Crouched in the stalls whilst Kim Marsh's solo single played on loop. After that, I tried to only make myself sick when I felt I'd eaten too much. Or I wanted to feel empty. It was powerful to have this secret. To have an element of my life I controlled without anyone knowing. I don't remember when it stopped. I never sought any proper help, and my friends would argue it never really did. I don't remember doing it at uni, but then again, I don't remember much of uni. I think it just evolved into something less obvious. I exercise twice a day. Is that an eating disorder? I won't go out unless I have exercised. Is that an eating disorder? 
I don't eat if I'm drinking, and I skip days of our holiday abroad to find a gym 20 miles away. Is that a part of it? Whilst performing my last show in Edinburgh, a woman stopped me in the street to say I was looking really hench. She was being nice, but I cried. That day I'd been too worried to leave the house for fear I was too skinny. That I wasn't muscly enough and people would laugh if I stepped onto the stage. Which is silly, because it was a comedy show and my intention was to make them laugh. Psychologists would call it bigorexia. Rather than obsess over being thin, bigorexics are unable to see their own size. No matter how much muscle they gain or fat they lose, they see themselves as skinny and out of shape. It seems to me, in 2021, we all have some form of body image issue. Whether it's standing next to Uncle Roger at a wedding because he looks wank by comparison, using a black and white filter because it hides our flaws, or choosing photos of us mowing the lawn because it happens to have a great angle on a tricep. We push out little visual tricks into the world, distorting the idea of what a human looks like. What's crazy to me is, this body I work myself so hard for is not the body I would look for in a guy. Like, I would not fancy me. I'd want him to have shorter hair for starters, more chin, Scottish probably, definitely more weighty. I'd want him to look like a rugby player that had retired. The bulk is there, but underneath a layer of lethargy. That slow hill decline that makes it less likely he'll run away from you. What that gardening picture shows me, side by side with my younger self, mowing that same lawn, I'm always going to be in competition with myself. Every photo shoot every model does requires an amount of preparation, creating unrealistic standards they can't maintain. Think Jessica Simpson in The Dukes of Hazard. No one has a body like that. Not even Jessica Simpson. Maybe for an hour, sure, after starving and dehydrating herself. But that disappeared the minute she ate a tin of tuna. By looking at my old self and setting it as a gold standard, I can never be happy. Because I'm always looking back. God, those abs were tighter. I like that hair darker. Whatever happened to those jeans? We need to look forward, so... Burn every picture you own! (laughs) Or maybe just find some contentment in a happy, healthy body. I don't know. Don't take my advice. I'm no better than Dean from Cycle Revolution. So instead, I'll refer to the Dalai Lama and his most famous of all quotes to end the show. Live. Love. Laugh. Thanks for listening. This show was written by, performed by, produced by, and recorded by me, Erin Twitchin. I did everything. All from a closet, which has become so hot, I'm recording in my knickers. It's all completely self-funded and self-produced. As ever, the best way to support the podcast is by sharing it directly with friends or by leaving a review on iTunes. Unless you work for a protein company, in which case, sponsor me! If you want to be an absolute bay, you can subscribe to the Patreon or buy cute Matter of Pride merch. All links are available on my humbly titled website, iloveerin.co.uk. Remember to hit subscribe and I will speak with you soon. Love, Erin. <laughs>